0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of UGA Sports Live with Jim Donnan. I'm your host, Roddy DeBulsey. We have Jim Donnan here, of course, the uh, former Georgia Bulldogs head coach, and of course, we have Dane Young, who we can't quite shake. He's kind of like a um, like a puppy that just follows you around from show to show. We just can't quite get rid of him. I told my wife well,
1: you're you know, my mistress, so yeah. like I, I talk to you as much as I talk to her this time of year. Well, that's good, you know. And um, that's talking
2: about can't shake anybody. Is there any time of day you're not on YouTube, Roddy? I mean. <laughs> Uh, hey, it's, this, it's, it's you, not my choice. It's not my YouTube, choice, man. I mean, uh, every time I flip it over there, I'm, I'm a subscriber, and like I hope everybody is, and riding the and YouTube. Blah, 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 blah.
0: <laughs> well, we, we have we do have a pretty big sh- uh YouTube channel now, so it's uh, it's been a great uh, we just came off of Thanksgiving week, and I'm very thankful for all the people that have become subscribers to our show. It means a lot to yeah. us.
2: I uh, think, uh speaking I think of, you should get a uh travel show, a food show, a medicine show. I mean, you got everything else. Yeah. Uh, we can do some
0: numbers of
1: travel. Yeah. I'm already Not pitching you. for us three to go to Austin, Texas next year and do a show out there. You better get
2: you to, uh, some kind of way beside flying and staying out there. I heard that they they got some kind of special event out there the same week and, you know, it's going to be astronomical prices for everything. Yeah, yeah. Georgia,
0: like, Texas and uh, it's it's the same time as the F1 race, which they have about, I'm told, yeah. 430,000 people to send on uh, the, that town for that. So, uh, yeah, uh, if, when UGA Sports goes to cover Georgia at Texas, they'll be sleeping in a van. So yeah. <laughs> this is going to be going to be sketchy. The full schedule should be coming out. A lot of people are really mad about some of the leaks from ESPN, but the full schedule should be coming out here Uh I was told like December 4th or December 5th, and we'll know when Georgia's playing what game. So y'all uh, stay tuned for that. So you're going to uh, have Jed May in a hotel
1: in Little Rock, is what you're saying?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, Coach, a lot going on this week. We just came off Thanksgiving week. Uh, Georgia went and faced uh Georgia Tech. Uh, stat three starters, one major contributor. A lot of guys banged up. Uh, not exactly the output Georgia wanted, but to me, if you came out of that game healthy and with a win, that's the most you could hope for a lot of people trying to read too much into it
2: real quickly. I know we don't want to go back over the name one person's person reading something into it. If they are and need to go sell used cars, <laughs> uh, I mean, seriously uh, you play Monday can't play uh, Bowers, all these guys. And we, we, we got the game in hand in the fourth quarter and they, they end up catching that interception and all, but I think uh, let's just, I'm not going to dwell on that. And just, no, I just wanted to go.
0: Are there any carryover concerns from that game to this one? I guess because they had a running quarterback and Milro can run, so that's a lot of people are kind of drawing that. We going not
2: break that down today about Milro. It's just all a different situation than what he does compared to, uh, you know, Haynes King and uh, and Dart. Uh, they they run a lot of read plays. He doesn't read. He, he runs predetermined runs and he scrambles, but uh, so he, he gives a different. Deal, but he's a lot better uh, athlete than either one of them. Probably one of the top three or four athletes in the in the SEC. So it uh, gives you a lot of issues. But but I was happy with the win. I was happy for our players, and uh, it was good that we could sit Ratledge and Bowers and McConkey, and uh, you, you know, rah rah. Those are four guys that really help our team. I think all of those will be at least have a chance this week. And then Munden is the big issue. I think that the game to me, is injured players. Can McClellan play for Alabama? Can uh, Bowers play for us? I mean, big parts of uh, both teams, and uh, we'll break that down a l- little bit. I-, I didn't want to start off on a negative, but I don't know why anybody would be worried about beating Tech. I mean, I'd like to have had a couple games like that where we won by eight points.
0: No, no, that's not so much people were worried about it. It's just their, the nervousness that comes with seeing a guy who, you know, a running quarterback, and again, at the Thirty thousand foot level people like me that don't understand football, it's like, well, hey, there's a running quarterback. There's another running quarterback, you know, and you uh, you start to panic about it. So that's kind I of why you
2: should, should be concerned because this guy, and you listen to Kirby talk about him. I mean, he's he's really a about him. He's a problem, and uh, we, we're going to have to. That's going to be a part of winning the game is control him and not give him anything easy. But uh, I, I don't think there's any really correlation between the styles of. Uh, what he does, he's a lot more like the guy from uh, Missouri, maybe, just from the standpoint of not, you know, the scrambles or what hurt him. We got hurt by him the first half, for sure, but he's a lot faster.
0: Yeah, yeah, Milrow's big, fast. If you watch the Kirby Smart Press Conference from Monday, he was uh, uh, very effusive in his praise of Milrow. And, of course, you, don't, you know, he doesn't want to give the opposing team anything, but it was, it was legitimate. It was legitimate, you know. Concerned. So
2: this guy be. is pretty good it should so. be I, you know on our show around the league all year uh, all three of us have talked about when is tommy Rees going to figure out what to do with this guy because i mean they waited for a long time to start letting him loose and run even some predetermined quarterback runs and he's made the difference in their offense i mean sustaining drives throwing the deep ball i mean he, he's a legitimate threat in this game and I think which quarterback takes care of the ball which quarterback makes those third down plays which throughout the year Beck has done that and if you look at our success or lack of success against Alabama the intercepted pass over the three games we played has been a huge problem we've thrown five picks in the, the three games that we've played against Alabama and particularly the second quarter of the SEC championship game two years ago where we just went AWOL and they they jumped on us. And that was our one bad quarter of the year. And before you knew it, the game was out of hand.
0: I was looking at the numbers between Carson Beck and Jalen Mill and I thought this was interesting. Uh, Carson Beck, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. Jalen Mill 21 touchdowns, six interceptions. Pound for pound, you know, almost the exact same production. Mill thrown it 130 times less. And, uh, uh Carson has a much higher completion percentage, so I could see definitely this being a game. And we could talk about all the other guys out there, but I'm I'm with you. Uh, Whichever one turns it over, that's going to be the team that gets uh, stung. But also, it's just a um, this could be a elite quarterback battle. I'm really excited to watch
2: this. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. Uh, Some of the things that that have hurt Bama this year are sacks. Given you know they're really good run blocking, they've improved their pass protection. And because he's so good at running, he he has a tendency to hold the ball longer than most quarterbacks. If you look at his time of release compared to Becks, who catch and throw a lot, is a, it's a real differential there. And uh, I think it's because he's not exactly doing a lot of reads and everything. And they've run a lot more dropbacks than you think. They're really a play-action team overall, but they've had more dropbacks than, than I would have thought. And the other thing is they've been a heavily penalized team the first, first one half of the season, but they've cut those dramatically since then. And uh, I don't know who the umpire and the headlinesman and the field jugs are going to be in this game, but holding penalties are going to be paramount. We, we seldom get any called against the other team on us, although they hold us in the submission. And uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. And then, of course, we always talk about the two teams that that really play the ball and the player more than anybody, and have collisions. Or that's just the way Nick taught Kirby, and that's the way Kirby teaches his guys. We so what kind of PIs are we going to get in this game, or defensive holding too? So it's going to be a situation where. Uh, you saw the way the referees had a lot to do with that game last week, just oh, in, incompetence. I mean, there was an in-service training program for how to not call a game. I mean, just ridiculous. I mean, I, th- I thought the guy made a good call on the sideline when the guy stepped out of bounds and everything. But, but you know, the holding penalty on, uh, on trust was ridiculous. And then marginal on the guy downfield on, the, you know, it, it's just – these guys right here, ACC. I mean, that's why they're the ACC. Yeah,
0: I also thought Dylan Bell had a catch. Yeah, I didn't think that he had oh, to pull, yeah, that was, pull that
2: the was, ball into your body. I thought that was that was yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, uh, but see, they don't have they don't have a place where they can go to Birmingham like that. I think they go to the varsity to pick out their their calls when they make them up there. You know, you know how you have that control center where you go everywhere. Yeah. ACC goes to the varsity, and uh, you get a you get a choice whether you want chili on it or not.
0: <laughs> that, that's fair, and the end results are the end results on, on both of them. You get a bunch of uh,
2: commode-style calls. It's just bad. I coach, uh, I'll tell you one thing about the ACC. You know, we had the one year where we really had a bad situation over here against Tech where they missed that fumble against Little Joe, and they did all these things. And, and and we scored a two-point play, and they didn't give it to us and all that. So along with Coach Dooley, we made a request to the ACC that the next time we had an ACC group calling our games, which is always when you the visiting team uh, brings their officials. So when we play at Tech, even though that ours didn't do a very good job on Jasper Sanks fumble, the SEC people were there, but I'm not going to harp on it except to make the point we made a, a, a request two years in advance not to have that same crew because we, we really did feel like it was not a very, which is not a very out of the way thing to do in my regard. Just say, look, if you're going to send another crew over here, let's have somebody different. And I'd be damned if they didn't send the same crew two years later. Wow. Unbelievable. So it was uh, just Obstinate by them to say, "Hey, we're going to send who we want to."
0: I hope Kirby can avoid this crew that he had Saturday night. That's that's pretty rough. Uh, I, I like to. That's one of the things we don't talk about very much when we look at a, a matchup like this Georgia-Alabama game. That's a huge one. Georgia's not beaten Alabama in Atlanta, and I think that that's uh, yeah, kind of sticks in the crawl a little bit. But it's to your point. It's been uh, penalties and turnovers. We we've seen that a lot. What do you think of Alabama being uh, a six-point
2: underdog in this game? Well, it should be. I mean, we're ranked number one in the country. They're eighth on the uh, on this uh, last rankings by the committee last night. And, you know, any way you look at it, we're going to have more people there than they are just because so many people get tickets for Alabama and Georgia. But there's a the season ticket holders over there at uh, Mercedes Benz for pros and all. They got all these kind of perks that they get tickets, and most of them were Georgia fans, I would hope, so uh,
1: you know, we should be favored over them. There are some sly dogs in Vegas, though, Roddy, because if you look at the four common opponents that Georgia and Alabama have had, so that's Old Miss, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Auburn, and you do Alabama's points four, and then the amount of points they gave up, and Georgia's points four, and the amount of points they gave up, you pair those together, you end up with an aggregate of 31 to 25, six points.
0: Well, hey, there you go. That's the thing. Uh, there's people in the comments section asking this question. I'll ask you, Coach. Uh, what does it mean for the victor in this game? Does Alabama get into the playoff if it wins? Uh, does Georgia get in? I know Georgia gets in if they win, but if Georgia loses, do they still get in? I've seen a lot. The way the committee was talking last night, I thought Kirk Herbstreit went on uh, ESPN and basically was like, "Look, Georgia's in." You know, I, again, not this. Georgia has to win this game. You don't want to lose yet another game. To Nick Saban in Atlanta, you are the favorite team. Uh, you should win it, but what if? So that we're getting that question a lot. So I, I, I know you're yeah. going to get it in our comment section. So let's go ahead and address it now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've talked to some of my cohorts around the country that talked to these committee people and all that. And the issue is right now to me is how many undefeated teams are going to be left. You got to figure Michigan is going to win against Iowa. I mean. Iowa really has a hard time scoring. They got a good defense, but it would be a monumental upset. It'd be like Appalachian State beating Michigan that year. I mean, it, it, it'll you know stranger things have happened. So you got them in there. Let's just say that's that's not necessarily the seed, but that's one of the four. The next one that's got to happen is uh, Florida State playing Louisville. You know, Louisville's coming off a tough loss, but if Florida State wins. They're an undefeated team in a Power Five conference, and they've been in the top four. You're not going to drop them out of there. I mean, you should because of their lack of – I mean, everybody's going to be standing in line to play them in the semifinals, but just because they don't have their quarterback, you've seen some of these ACC teams, how they match up against – although some of them have gotten some wins, that's for sure, But and, and certainly Georgia Tech played us good. So let's just say those two teams are in, all right, and we're going to keep on here. Uh, the third game is to Friday night with Washington and Oregon. If Washington wins, they're the third team for sure. If Oregon wins, then you got to look at a lot of different things. They don't have a very good strength of schedule, but at the present time, they're ranked ahead of Texas, and uh, you know, and they they've got uh, some really good. Uh, mojo going with Nick. So you got to figure the winner of that game more than likely is going to be in. So now you get to a situation there, three teams. That's if all these teams win. Okay. Now you got a situation with, uh, Alabama lost to Texas, Texas, probably going to beat Oklahoma state. They've got some good wins, particularly their win over Alabama head to head. So, uh, I think we'd have a hard time getting in in that situation if Alabama beats us just because Texas might be be in before Alabama, even if Alabama wins the SEC. So uh, those are all situations that really kind of make you think about it. But the other thing is we're ranked number one and to make a drop out of the top four with a close loss to Alabama would be hard for me to see. But, you know, the, the issue is Comparing these one-loss teams, really, Ohio State has better wins than some of these teams that are one-loss, and it's just hard for me to believe Oregon is ranked as high as they are over Alabama, Texas, and Ohio State, because their biggest win this year is only one top 25 team, and if you compare their loss, uh, I mean, their, their games that uh, Texas played, they beat the... Uh, Texas Tech by like four points and Texas beat them by 50. Yeah. So uh, I don't know how much you're going to use that. But so, bottom line, final answer on the whatever, whatever that thing that Regis Philbin was on, we lose. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Alabama wins. It's going to
1: be tough for them to get in. I think what the committee told you is that Alabama pretty much can't get in. It would take a really wild situation. Right for Alabama to make the playoff. Even, right. I mean, even if they blew out Georgia, I think that's the case.
2: Yeah. I mean, because of the Texas situation, because of Oregon situation. Uh, so you got to feel like the real, real diamond in the rough for us is Florida state losing because now you, you've only got two, uh, teams there you you got two positions open you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you got to figure washington or Oregon's going to be in there now i mean i agree
0: i I can see a situation where they're looking at a, a one loss texas you know champs versus a one loss georgia champs who does not i mean one loss georgia team that doesn't have a championship you know they lost it in the championship they went you know 12 and 0 in the regular season which should count for something so I could see them kind of struggling between those two, Alabama being on the outside, Ohio State being on the outside.
2: Yeah, I, I think we've got a better shot than, than Alabama, even even if they beat us just because yeah. of where we are in the rankings and the fact that got some good wins. Alabama's strength of schedule is a lot better than ours. Our strength of schedule hurts us this year. I mean, losing that Oklahoma game, you know, we, we're lower than most every one of the top six or seven on the uh, strength of schedule. So uh, that hurts you a little bit, but. But you have three wins
0: that. over top 25 teams in there,
2: right? Right, but the overall strength of schedule, yeah, I don't I mean, they, they use all those parameters there, you know, right. they use all that. But, uh, you know, you got a guy on there talking, his name is Boo. So, what do you think? I mean, uh, is that because he scares people, or what's uh, he's a very competent guy? I mean, I know his dad really well, he was the SEC, I mean, ACC director of. Uh, public relations when I was playing at NC State. I got a picture of him on the sideline walking out to me to get the interview after the Georgia game. He was setting me up with ABC. And he ended up being the AD at uh, at the uh, Notre Dame. And uh, just a tremendous guy, Gene Corrigan. And both of his sons have been very successful. He might have another one, but one of them does NBA for uh, ESPN and then Boo has been a successful AD.
0: He had some good answers last night. I didn't watch all the whole thing, but um, I,
2: it's, it's tough because everybody wants
0: to. I wish you would just say,
2: let's them. get the four best teams. You know what the four best teams are to me? We're playing one of them Saturday. Yeah, so Georgia, Alabama, uh, Michigan, Ohio State. State. I think Texas is better than Ohio State. I just okay. think, I think their defense uh, – and talking to coaches and most coaches think that too ohio state's quarterback situation hasn't been great but you know everybody's got an opinion but it's for sure the three of us and then one more you know what i mean but michigan and the thing about michigan compared to two years ago when we played them they can line up and bully ball you i mean yeah, they, they can win. line up and mash you and uh, we just don't know what they're gonna do about our signals. So, uh.
0: (laughs) well, speaking of signals, we got a lot of uh, questions to answer after this quick break, but I want to go to uh, signal our friends over at Athens Ford. They are uh, incredibly helpful to us. They put on not only this show, but they help us put on the uh, Georgia uh, watch along show, which is um, the other day we had 52,000 people tune in to watch uh, Georgia versus Tennessee. It was great. Um, uh, Now we have, we had, you know, 10,000 people more, you know, tuning in to watch Georgia versus Georgia tech in a game that didn't really matter as much, you know, of course lose. It's a big deal, but they support us and we would like you to support them. Uh, right now they're having their uh, make the holidays, bright sales event, a great deal on just about everything on their lot, be it the uh, 2024 uh, Ford edges, the 2023 Ford F-150s. So they've got ones for you know the next year's model. They've got this year's model they're moving a lot of them got like $10,000 off an expedition, $4,000 off Explorer, I drive Explorer. I can tell you it's a great vehicle. Uh, check out the great financing deals they have at Athens Ford. You will not be disappointed. And if you are a former or current uh, active military person, they're going to have a $5, uh, $500 uh, discount for you. Same with recent graduates and current students. They have uh, discounts for them. And the place is really very well decorated. You can go out there and uh Get get your Christmas card photo done. They have a giant Georgia uh, Bulldogs tree out there. You got to check it out when you get a chance. Uh, speaking of gifts and the Christmas being here, let's also talk about our friends at Dead Soxy. Dead Soxy has some fantastic gifts. Here's the thing. They make the best quality socks out there. You put them on, they don't slide down. Uh, they're incredibly comfortable, they're incredibly soft. They don't have that annoying seam in the middle. It grows across your toes and it bugs you when you put on your dress socks or put on your uh, uh, tennis shoes. But here's the thing if you get them as a gift or you get them for somebody, they come in such a neat package. The, it's not like you're getting socks from, uh, you know, old Kmart, you know, in the bag and it's like, oh, great, you got so socks and you're trying to figure out how to add. They're going to send them to you in an envelope, you know, in this hard, in this uh, printed uh, box. I mean, they, the presentation makes it look phenomenal. So if you want to get something good for uh, folks in your life, check out Dead Socks or use promo code. UGA sports UGA sports will get you 25% off from our friends at dead Soxie and whoever you get them for, will love you for it because they'll be the most comfortable socks they've ever worn.
2: Yeah. I want to add one thing about my analysis there. The one caveat for us would be if Oregon would beat, uh, Washington and we lost to Alabama, we would have a better chance of getting in because of where Oregon is right now. You know, oh, that's they're good. fifth. they fifth, and so you, you would uh, you would think that we could maybe make it over Alabama in that situation, and, and uh Oregon, but we'll we'll have to see. Uh, you know what happens there. As His,
1: well. Historically, the committee does like when teams avenge the one loss that they had, so that would be in favor of Oregon to get in regardless of what – like, Oregon or Washington, the winner, get in. I, I tend to think that's the case. Right, yeah. right. But I can also
0: see, you know, George saying, look, we've got wins over number nine, number 11, number 24. We've got, you know, three quality top 25 wins. I know and the strength of schedule is a, a big factor in that. But, you're like, hey – and I I also I think the undefeated season should count for something. I mean, it's just
2: right. – Well, that's true. But we wouldn't – We're around. just 12, number one right now. We wouldn't be undefeated then, though, but here's the thing about – Regular season. Regular season. Here's, here's the thing about uh, Oregon uh, is th- they're just going to be on that national stage tomorrow night, Friday night. Nobody else is going to be playing, and uh, you will see what, what goes on. But th- the thing that would help them is they're, they're going to beat the number three team. I mean, that's almost as close as beating the number one team. So uh, – we'll. We'll have to I'm talking about if Alabama would do it, but uh yeah. But let anybody's watching our show, I feel good about Georgia. I mean, I feel James freaking brown about Georgia in this game. Now we that means I feel good.
0: <laughs> Speaking of feeling good, uh I don't know that the Georgia players feel good after yesterday. I was told uh well I was told Kendall Milton came out and said it was a
2: physical practice yesterday. Well they call it bloody Tuesday, and I'm sure they were let me just say something, about, and one of the things I like about being able to add to this show or to distract sometime, which I do with some stupid jokes, but realistically, there's nothing like being a coach, a player, a guy that's a trainer, a manager, whatever your role is, playing for a championship. There's just a buzz around the whole place. There's a pickup in your giddy-up everything about it to know that you're playing for the championship of your league or the championship of your country, whatever it might be. It's just, you just got that little extra. And uh, I, I know most people can really relate to that because they've been in, in some kind of competition, whether it's athletics or anything, but you just got that extra vibe and you got a coach. That's just a big game coach. I mean, you look at all the wins that he's had as an assistant coach, as a head coach, and he knows how to work the both sides of the fence. There, you know, I'm talking about the other team, his team, uh, and uh, he just he takes a lot of pride in getting his team ready. And uh, maybe yesterday he felt like they needed to get after it a little more. I don't know, but there's just a little buzz in the air. And uh, I know when we were playing all those games at Marshall and Oklahoma, our players. Get along good. I mean, they're good kids. They 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 go out there and practice for a championship. You're going to get some chippy, like Milton was saying, you're going to get a little chippiness, a little put, put, push after the <laughs> deal and say, hey, man, you want to fight? I mean, really, they're ready to rock. They're ready to go, and they know what's at stake. And all of a sudden, what you were talking about on uh, August 1st is the real deal. Our goal is to win the SEC. Kirby talks about it. And the rest of it'll take care. You hear Steve Spurrier winning the SECs tougher and winning national championships sometime. And so we got a we got a buzz in the air over here, and we got a good team, and they got a good team. But I like I like our chances, particularly if we're as healthy. Uh, as we need to be if Ratledge is playing and Bowers and you know McClellan's not playing for them. Hey, they deserve for McClellan to wait until spring practice. I think he's out, Coach,
1: I, I have... want to ask you about the juxtaposition of this though, because the rest of college football can you explain what that means. <laughs> okay. Georgia Georgia is sitting here getting ready for this game. It is a championship. It may be for the national championship if these are the two best teams in the country. You can make that argument. I was just about to ask that exact same question. Is this the national championship?
2: And the rest of America. You were going to make it a true or false. He's talking about
1: <laughs> There's <laughs> going to be no <laughs> juxtaposition. It's going to be true or false. <laughs> the, the rest of the country is moving on to 2024 because you've got A&M and Mississippi State already changed coaches. Kentucky had to reestablish Mark Stoops there. You know players are going in the portal next week. This coaching job this week seems harder to me, but maybe it isn't is what you're saying. Oh, it's it's not it's not that uh, I mean
2: that because you're you're getting the end result that you want. It's not any harder just because of you know you hear where you are. And I got to give Kirby a little credit from one standpoint that a lot of people don't know, and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that voted for it. But he went on a soapbox about how much you're at a disadvantage you were playing for the championship in recruiting because of the recruiting window that opened up during the championship week, all the teams are practicing and they're not getting to go on the road like these other teams. And you've seen it this year, they moved that date till Monday of this week coming week. So you don't have that pressure of having to go out and see recruits and leave practice and go jump in a helicopter or go jump in a plane and then get back late and then practice and, 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 uh, that was a good move by the uh, from for, from our standpoint, and I, I think Kirby made the point enough, along with the other coaches. But give him credit for that. I mean, I don't know if people realize. Uh, I'm sure Roddy remembers it, but uh,
0: actually, I do remember that because we were trying to do game week coverage. Or we 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 put out more content than anybody, and we're doing all this stuff. But during the season, I rely on my recruiting guys to write team content lance mccurley uh, jed may they write team stuff they go to press conferences they're not on the road on tuesdays and wednesdays like they are in spring uh you know when the evaluation periods when the, the the kids are out practicing they'll send them out and they'll do a bunch of stuff but they were having to track coaches you know in the where's uh, todd hartley today where's fran brown today where's will muschamp you know where's you know who who's going where where's del mcgee today Oh, by the way, you know, let's go cover Tuesday's practice as well. So um, that, that's a huge get, and uh, if Kirby Smart can uh, get use his two-time national championship status to uh, get a rule change, then
2: that's
0: uh, uh, good. Yeah, good, I mean, good, he's
2: good among, he's among the people that did it. But I do feel like it's it's definitely a lot. I mean, you know, we've got tremendous advantage in a lot of ways, but it's a heck of a disadvantage not to be on the road when you only can be on there about two and a half weeks. So, yeah, uh, it, it was, but all the other coaches that aren't in these championship games, they're chapped because they're sitting around, they can't leave, you know, and they're having to wait. So, uh, I've had several of them tell me they didn't like that too much. I said, well, Hey, getting a championship game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm thinking if Alabama wins or Georgia wins, who if, and we, like we said, we don't think Alabama gets in, but I think Alabama would be favored over anybody that's left out there. Um, right. I'm, I just, mm-hmm. I, I do. And I think if Georgia wins this one, man, if they could get a Florida state that I don't want to say it's an automatic win, but you got to love Georgia's chances there. And I like Georgia. With the month to prepare. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Even against Michigan and their 47 offensive linemen that they have out there, I think. And uh, I still think Georgia would be able to scheme something
2: up for that. So. To me, this is. You sound, is like, kind of you sound like Nick Saban. You know, last year he said, "Hey, we've would have been favored over all of these teams, but that didn't make any difference." They didn't remember when I mean, he said that's that. It's true, but I think
0: they'd be favored over all these teams again if they yeah. don't get in. So, Maybe Texas, they wouldn't. There you go. But I think I—I don't think you beat Nick Saban uh, in the twice in the same season. That's tough. I mean, it's even tough for Kirby. He lost to him and then beat him. So it's it's yeah. it's tough. I—I I know we got a bunch of questions, Dane. Let's hit up a couple of those real quick.
1: Yeah, we'll start with a simple one from UGA Alumni. '95. says, Coach, I know this is obvious, but what's more likely that Alabama wins the Alabama quarterback, Mill Does he beat Georgia with his feet or his arm?
2: You know, the, the real issue is containing him and making him uh, stay in the pocket. But he has the ability to throw deep among the better in the country. So even though he could hurt you running, I just think, He he, he can hurt you more throwing just because of his success. Like you said, touchdown passes. So uh, it's a tough question to answer because he's capable of anything. But I I think we, for the most part, can contain him uh, with our pass rush and everything. But it's going to be, I would say, uh, throwing the ball.
0: If I'm Alabama, I'm chucking it deep all the time, just knowing that uh, the way the refs have been calling it, and the way Georgia plays the ball in the air, you're probably going to get a pass interference penalty. You're going to get a, a defensive holding call, and he hits. He is so accurate downfield. Something Georgia's not done a whole lot of this year, so I could just see them chucking it. And then when all those people start backing up because all those deep throws, as you said earlier, coach, here comes that play action. They love it. So
1: one of the receivers that I don't think gets a lot of credit is Amari Black. He's, he's a big body out there for some of those deep balls, especially when you get to the red zone. Right. Yeah. So did Just you hear
2: – I mean, before I forget it, because we might get – but did you hear what happened during a timeout at Auburn? Before I the did last, not. The last play.
1: And, was and all, of us,
2: all of us know that, that uh, Coach Freeze is a deeply religious guy. And uh, so he decided to say one prayer to God, and he said, God, what do you think we should be in? And uh, he said, well, uh, let me check. And and then he came back. He said, well, I think you should rush to put a spy and line up people in the end zone, and uh, that should work. He said, okay, that's what we do. So, uh, end up, takes three days and 14 nights for him to throw the ball, but finally he does and hits it in the end zone and freezes all – Up in the air. So he comes back. He said, God, he said, I did exactly what you told me. Two deep, um, two man rush, three deep in the end zone, five under man, all that stuff. Why did you tell me something? He said, wait, wait just a minute. God said, wait just a minute. He said, hey, bear, why did we do that? (laughs) (laughs) That's where you're going. (laughs) Uh, You guys probably have heard that, haven't you? I've heard it a different way. That was fresh to me.
0: Uh, I love it. That's that's one of my favorites. I, oh, just, bear. And again, uh wasn't it 2 years ago or maybe last year that Alabama shouldn't have been in the playoffs or shouldn't even been in this if uh Tank had not had like, right, I mean, enough.
2: Jordan Hare
1: just been a house of horrors for him.
2: So
0: Alabama shouldn't be in the conversation two years in a row. If if Auburn would just get it shit together, I mean, come on.
1: Hey, Georgia can't speak too much this year because Georgia was definitely in trouble on the plains, not to the extent that Alabama was.
2: Oh, but. we were, we were down ten. We were down. I got. To, I'm just saying two plays
0: that should not should have resulted in Auburn victories.
1: Right. Just something about that place, man.
0: Mental issue, mental breakdowns.
1: You know, hey, Tank, don't go out of bounds. Oh, hey, game's over. Hey, don't rush two. And that's yeah. a I, – I, it's hard for me to understand how a one-dimensional team like Auburn, they cannot throw the ball, and yet they were able to run all over Georgia and run all over Alabama. Like, it's, it's crazy to me.
2: Yeah, Robert,
1: I would say they ran
2: a lot better against Alabama than they did us. I mean – he had that one run of about over sixty yards, which aided them. But, but Hunter, I mean, they hurt us, that's for sure. But we're not, we're not. I'm just going to tell you this. I mean, I go out to eat a lot around here, and people are asking me stuff. But this one lady, who was a nice lady, I mean, uh, similar to age to me, came up to me, and said, "Coach, how are we going to defend the edge?" I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, seriously, right there and the, I mean, I like it when they I said, you know, we gotta do a better job. She said, You think we should bring the corners up or I mean? And it was good. I like that. Hey,
0: yeah, well Brandy here wants to know does
2: the defense have an answer for that gap problem? So you're talking about it, which one the quarterback read running inside or the guy running outside? I which bet one I you running like, outside,
0: but let's know in the comments.
2: Brandy, which one do you want? As far as the outside, we you know we we had two freshman linebackers playing as big a deal as Bowers playing, McClellan playing is Munden. I mean, uh, Munden being healthy. I mean, we're playing without. Uh, I know Kirby says that that uh, that Dumas Johnson is day to day and all that, but I I doubt he's going to play. Hopefully, he'll play in a playoff game, but you know, he had some things. You know, his his arm repaired. So, uh, but Munden, I mean, you take two guys like that out of your lineup, I mean, particularly with the guys we lost to the draft and everything. So, uh, and these young guys are playing hard and playing good, but I think that's got to be gap control is more about the linebackers than anything.
0: I just to know about inside.
2: Inside is linebacker reads, fits, uh, sustaining things at the line of scrimmage. These guys are big now. Their offensive line is probably bigger than ours, and they they fit you. Uh, you saw Georgia Tech got got our guys stood, you know, we're standing them up, and they were able to do it. But the the plays that hurt us were the quarterback reads, where they very similar to what Robbie Ashford did against uh, Auburn against us. So. Uh, we, we, they don't run that play much. I mean, they okay. might put it in. They might run it, but I doubt they will.
1: That that was my question, Coach is what Alabama and Georgia Tech do are distinctly different. But as a coach, would you ever incorporate something that's not of your identity just because another team had success with it?
2: Certain plays I would, but you certainly can't uh, start trying to read things if it's not in your DNA. By that, I mean, you can't start reading a guy and pulling the ball. Uh, in one week because what's going to happen there is you're going to get some, maybe you might have a couple good plays, but you're going to have some bad exchanges there too. So I think it's just uh, a case of calling a predetermined keep or a predetermined give for for Alabama. I don't think they'll go wholesale what Tech did. I wish they would because they're going to have some bad plays. Let me tell you, I coached that thing a long time, and. It's not it's not real easy to read a guy. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? They try they try to do all this stuff and you gotta mesh with that guy and you gotta pull it and you gotta do all that. And the reason we did it a thousand times that Switzer told us every two or three months is because nine hundred and ninety-nine is not enough. (laughs) I mean, I never will forget. And so we did it every day. 20 minutes. It's just a fullback and the quarterback mesh. I mean, in this in the oblivion, you had to do it. And you can't do it in a week.
0: Yeah. And when they know your uh defense knows you're being read, you know, you head fakes and all that fun stuff. It's like, hey, I'm gonna make it much harder for you to read me. So
2: right. funny
1: how football has changed. Like <laughs>
2: we, we changed our read to make it easier on a quarterback. We moved our fullback up and uh you know that really helped us we we know the mesh would occur earlier and we also made our quarterback take a shorter step horizontally where he would be on the line of scrimmage instead of going way back so we made the read a lot quicker and a lot of people give us credit for that and they should because it's a smart move because we were able to To make a decisive – if you're reading him from a long way back and riding him a long way, you can think about a lot of things to do, but you got a quick decision there. Even if it's wrong, it's better than reading him forever, I think. So we we moved the fullback up, and we did a quicker step with the quarterback. Instead of going backwards, we did a 10 o'clock open up. Okay. Hey, they don't want to hear about
0: that stuff. So, well, uh, yeah, Alabama is not going to do a whole lot of reading. I'm I'm with you there. I don't see them installing that real quick. I do want our folks to read what's going. The menu over at uh, Academia Brewing Company, when you had a chance, they have the uh, fresh blueberry and lemon cheesecake by Jack's Cheesecake. If you've not had any of the Jack's Cheesecake, you really need to try it. It's fantastic. Uh, the this blueberry lemon. I haven't had this one. I've had a bunch of the other ones, and I'm t- telling you that is. That looks phenomenal. So you get, get a chance, swing by there, get the cheesecake. Of course, they also have a uh, collaboration with the Spray Sprayberry Bottle Shop. You know, it's uh, I like this. was called Relative yeah. Relief. They always have the best uh, can art and the best uh, names for their beers. And, of course, all these beers are award winners. Um, they have their premium uh, Feist beer and all kind of great stuff over there. Uh, this coming uh, Saturday, December 2nd, they're going to have their Athens Cars and Coffee. Uh, from eleven to two, you can enjoy a, a great car show, great food, and great beer out at Academia Brewing Company. There's always something going on out there. Uh, I really am a big fan of the uh, uh, beer and biscuit brunch when you get a chance. I never can say it correctly, but uh, if you ever want to go out there on Saturday or Sunday and have some uh, fantastic brunch items, check out their friends at Academia Brewing Company when you, when you get the chance. Uh, speaking of food, today is Wednesday, so you kind of you may have missed the. Uh, Double points if you go to Your pie If you use Your pie app on Tuesday, you get double points. But you can still do it today. Try their bacon and cheddar uh, pizza. Try their pastas. Try their sandwiches. Uh, the, the breadsticks, the uh, gelato, the brownies—they have a ton of great stuff out there. Order it on the app. You can either have it delivered or pick it up. And the points add up incredibly fast. Everyone's got their you know, loyalty program, their you know card, their point system telling you the one that you go to and use with uh, your pie it adds up incredibly fast and of course you know the the founders of this are giant georgia fans so i know drew and natalie french they will be probably in the stadium on saturday screaming until their horse they're, hoarse. they're giant georgia fans so hey support the team to uh, support the people that support your team when you get a chance
1: continue our questions here from the Dog vent at UGA Sports. This is going back a bit, but Biscuit Salad wants to know, Coach, can you tell him the, what went into the decision to use Dylan Bell so much against Tennessee? Was that more about Lad McConkey being limited, or something more specific for the game plan? But we've seen that latter part of the season more Dylan Bell. I think more of Ra Ra getting hurt, and uh, he's in the same
2: kind of position that Ra Ra, who works with uh, where. Uh, Rosamie St. Jack's work so I think it was that plus the halfback pass was certainly a game plan and you know as we have mentioned on this show before he played some quarterback in high school so he, he's very good but there is no question this guy is among the more explosive players on our team we saw him when he was running back filling in when we were injured but his his ability to catch the ball uh explosive go up and get it uh, that that catch he made on the sideline that Roddy said was we thought should have been a catch and then the one for a touchdown where they called uh, you know a guy down the field uh, that that certainly was a close one too but it's it, just the way he can go up and get it and a uh, really good kid I mean we got so many good kids around here that you can't even talk about them all but you uh, just every time I've ever talked to him I got a good feeling about him I mean just just Yes, sir. Really got a glow in his eye and just loves being here in Georgia. I mean, a very team oriented guy. I mean, can't say enough. Good thing. I think he's going to be a huge
1: part of our run for the national championship. From BTV dog, assuming this game's competitive into the fourth quarter fatigue may become a factor for both teams. Which team do you think is deeper in terms of talent on offense and defense? Well, he makes a good point. And the thing you got to remember that people don't really
2: think about a lot of times, but most of the people that listen to our show know, we've talked about it is playing in the inside has a tendency to uh, make kids hyperventilate a little bit. I mean, it's just a, I don't know what it is, but you get more IVs probably in the inside game than you do a hot game outside. I don't know what it is, but uh, it, it has a tendency to, uh, make you expend more energy for sure so uh as far as who's got the most depth i'm not sure that i can really quantify that on this show but i do know that two years ago that kirby made a distinct point to his team that uh, alabama felt like they were in better shape against us in the championship game then and that was a big part of their deal so our guys overconditioned for the national championship because of that so that's for sure. We we got a big conditioning issue this week, with making sure that that doesn't happen again. So, but uh, if you want to know about how we match up, I think we got a better offensive line. We definitely got a better tight end, receivers. If our guys are healthy, we got more of them. But they got some good guys. Quarterback probably going to be a push just because of of Milrose, uh, legs. But at the same time, Beck has been a big game player. So I give him a little edge because his ability to make plays and not maybe as many mistakes. Running back, if McClellan doesn't play, we got an edge there too. Uh, as far as defensive line, I think their D line is probably bigger, maybe not as mobile as us. We got an edge at linebacker, even with our freshman guys. I think Trez Marshall played here, but you know he's one of their linebackers. Corners, both corners for them are draftable guys. They might have a little edge there because I think Everett's improving for sure. looks like we won't have... I mean, I don't know if if Humphreys can play or not. Uh, Safeties, they got downs. We got the two best safeties in the country. I think they got an issue at one of their safeties and their nickel guy. Uh, They got a guy transferred from UAB playing back there. So, I mean, it's kind of a situation. We got an edge there at safety and star. Punter, I feel like we got the best punter and we haven't given up a return yard yet and place kicker. Their guys came back to have a big year. He's missed a few. Our guys is really good. Our kickoff guys. Good. Uh, They got good punt returner and and downs taken over for the guy coaching. They both are good, but uh, I'll take Kirby. So that's the way I got this game. I don't know what else I can tell you.
0: We're we're done there. We we don't don't need any more questions. (laughs)
1: Well, this one's not a question, but it is a comment from Savannah Doggett. says, my husband wanted me to let Coach know that he enjoyed hearing him speak at the Savannah Quarterback Club a few weeks ago. My husband knows not to call me when I'm listening to Coach Donnan on UGA Sports Live every week.
2: Well, that's nice of him. I've heard him say that. And as I told you after I was there, I enjoyed being around those guys. Uh, You know, they love football, but they also – more of them like Georgia than other schools, maybe. And uh, um, it, it was a lot of fun for me, and I don't do that much anymore. And uh, I, I just don't travel very good.
0: Well, you met uh, Brian uh, Fennell, and uh, the Arby's on Hilton had some years back. He says, thank you.
2: I was at the GM there at
0: the time. It was Aaron Murray's uh, incoming freshman year. So.
2: We uh, Did he buy me a Jamocha shake, or what was it? <laughs> <laughs> <You might. laughs> that's nice of him mike uh, uh you try to be uh, people always come up to you that's
1: nice i enjoy it roddy let's sneak in a word here from my perfect franchise and then we'll wrap up with questions after that yeah we got some questions hey i see blaine new blaine gilmer has got a question in there we can
0: get on to blaine
2: yeah.
1: blaine uh, uh,
0: yeah uh real quick uh my perfect franchise. I've spoken to Andy Ludecki, who kind of runs that thing. Uh, very recently, we had a good talk. We we're talking about some of the hot franchises that are out there, and you know, always trying to pin them down on you know where's where are people putting their money. And he had a great explanation because I said, "Look, you know, people. Some people to be worried about the, the economy. Some people think it's good. Some people think it's bad. Uh, it it and what, whatever you think is right because you're basing it off of your experiences." He said, "Look, there are some things." that are pretty much recession proof. People are always, you know, people aren't selling ho- homes as much, there's a lot fewer homes in the market right now, but they're putting money into their homes. They're doing blinds, they're doing gutters, they're doing roofs, you know, basically from the ground floor to the top, anything within the house is home improvement stuff. If you were looking to get into a uh, franchise, he says, there are incredibly easy, incredibly well thought out, incredibly successful things that you can do in the home improvement market. He said, look, it's, he started giving me examples. Here's a guy that was on the dog vent. Uh, He started out, you know, $1,000 billing in his first month. Now he's, you know, billing $35,000 a month. Just crazy numbers that were out there. Uh, So the point is, if you were thinking about going into business for yourself, reach out to My Perfect Franchise. They have over 3,000 different franchises out there that can help you find something that matches your uh, in, the amount of involvement you want, the amount of money you want to put into it, the amount of time you have. You need somebody to walk you through that. Don't just go do
1: a Google search. Uh, reach out to Andy Ledecky when you get a chance. This a question from Bulldog Ben. Coach, do you think that Georgia comes out throwing to open up the run or running to open up the play action and deep shots?
0: I was asked this this morning. I, I need this answer. I could have used it earlier.
1: You know, I just feel like our whole season
2: has been based on the other team, what the other team presents to us. You know, we came out throwing against Kentucky uh, and even on short yardage. Other teams, uh, you know, you just kind of adjust as a game. But we're a, a multifaceted team. Use a lot of personnel groups. Use a lot of uh, different window dressing with our motion and stuff. Uh, not as many RPOs maybe as we have thrown, but uh, I think it's just going to be a question of how they're going to try to play us. If they play us a lot of man coverage, they're going to be exposed with that safety and that nickel guy. I mean, uh, kind of like in the past when Georgia's had guys in those positions they couldn't cover. Uh, what, a, what I know they will try to do because our guy's so good at reading coverages and show us something and then go to something else to try to confuse him a little bit. Uh, I think they'll do that because he's such a great read guy and throws the ball on time. I think we'll see some a lot of disguise by them to try to get us in certain things, but uh, I can't really say which one it'll be, but we'll, we'll probably throw more than we did last week.
1: Bulldog Ben also asked, is Jalen Milro the best quarterback that Georgia has faced this year?
2: You know, potentially he could be, but you know, I, I think the way the kid from uh, Missouri played all year was really good because of his, you know, great team one. But uh, uh, I, I'll say, wait till after the game. I mean, uh, I, I haven't seen enough of Milro that the you know early Milrow wasn't. Last few weeks maybe he is, but against Auburn he wasn't.
1: Golf bag, Coach Donnan, I think it's great that you made Athens your home for so many years, and you, of course, have received the title of damn good dog. After Georgia beats Saban Saturday night, do you think Saban sticks around another year to seek revenge on Kirby and Tuscaloosa? You know, I think he's a lifer. I mean, the guys like Joe Paterno,
2: I mean, he just loves football. He's totally ingrained in it. Even though he keeps buying these Mercedes plays, he bought two Mercedes dealerships in the – Palm beach for $700,000, $700 million. Uh, I'm sure he, he's got to go on and finance those some way, but he's a, he's a lifer. I don't see him getting away from it.
1: This one from OU Herschel Walker. Who, I mean, that
2: golf, who asked that golfer dog? Golf bag. I think is what it was. Yeah. Reminds me of the guy that was teaching his kids uh, how to add. And one guy said 38 and 36 and, and the parents said, that's, The kid answered 74. He said, that's right. 38 and 36, the kid
1: answered two over par. He said, that's right. (laughs) Uh, OU and Walker, getting in the details here, says, Coach is moving Dylan Bell from the left to the right side on kickoff formation, an indication that George is trying to give him more opportunities. He looked good there.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, where the guy kicks it. We, We made the poor decision, one. By uh Muse, you know, the ball was going out of bounds, but that's hard to make a decision in there. I think uh Kirby, Benedict, all our our special teams coaches look at different things and the way the guy kicks the ball. And uh we felt like and we told our people on the watch along show that Georgia had a good chance to return a kick last week, and we did it. That was big in the game the way we did it. But both these guys are very explosive on kick return. So I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason where each guy lines up, but that's pretty succinct by him picking that out. I mean, good job by by on the question.
1: Kim, just wanted to tell you that uh, from a past game, that the 96-4 overtime time win against Auburn is one of the favorites of her life.
2: Mine too. I mean, uh, that was good. We were out in Oklahoma last week and reliving some things, and my son just happened to cut on the YouTube channel and – uh they showed the uh, a game where Marshall was playing uh, back when I was a coach and he was a quarterback, and his son was there too. And we got to watch a little bit of that. It was kind of nice to three generations watching each other. But uh, also, he talked about it. He saw the overtime game on, uh, I think, the SEC channel. And uh, the one thing that he will never forget, will never let me down is right when the, uh, when the, uh, overtime was getting ready to start he at that time he was in graduate school here in the business school so he wasn't a coach he was just on the sideline but he came up to me he said dad i usually don't tell you anything but i'm just going to tell you right now you need to feed robert edwards <laughs> <laughs> he, he was right boy that overtime we ran him and we, we we had curtsy run a couple but we ran the heck out of the counter and uh, really good job by robert
0: can't imagine being out there on the edge. Here comes the counter, you know, your GY counter, and Robert's behind that massive flesh. I'm like, man, I quit. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm gonna strike a block and try to catch one of the fastest guys out there. That's it not gonna been happen.
2: one of the best backs ever to play in the NFL without that. Any, I mean, no question. Speed, toughness, athleticism, catch the ball. He he was a premier back. Premier what coach? were you
1: telling NFL coaches in that draft process about him?
2: I, to, I told Big Bill from Mobile, that was Bill Parcells, who, you know, was not involved anymore about that because he he was out of the Jets. I said, if you can get him, get him. And, of course, Belichick came down here and looked at him, too. And, uh, I mean, you don't have to talk too much when they see the tape. I mean, just a fantastic player. Uh, His brother was good, you. too, Terrence. Uh, good. Very good. Uh, I, I was – Thinking about Thanksgiving too, about the time when you really think about it, over there at at the high school there, when they were having the banquet, I was a speaker and we were recruiting him. And the the guy that was recruiting Terrence for uh, Auburn was Jimbo. Uh, Jimbo was the, uh, I think, running back coach or quarterback coach, and he was recruiting him. And then Dabo Swinney was a receiver coach for Tennessee for Clemson. So it was all three of us over there and uh, trying to get Edwards. and uh, His mother was big for Georgia and so was his dad. Uh, good for mother. Georgia. It's funny, all the guys you ran into who are uh, big superstar
0: coaches. And Jesse
2: now. Miller. Jesse Miller, what a player. If Jesse could have done his academics a little better. I mean, we had those good linebackers, but you know, we had Kendrill Bell and Witherspoon and uh, Gilbert and Boss Bailey, but Jesse Miller, good lord, what a player!
1: Do you think you can get Jimbo on a podcast with us so we can talk about money management? We don't have enough time. to Let Jimbo talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, apparently he's down. He's at Lake Oconee wearing a bunch of Georgia gear. So somebody saw him the other day, trying to yeah. trying to fit in with the locals down there. I love it. Uh, uh, we got a question That's me. Uh, quick question from Blaine Gilmer, coach. You know he's a uh, he's done uh, a lot of coaching himself. But he wants to ask you this. He says, coach, can you explain to us UGA's defense playing tight fours and five techniques, spilling everything outside and then rallying with a star, safeties and inside linebackers. Uh containing has been an issue. Do you see adjustments coming?
2: Yeah, I mean when he when he says four, that means you're head up and uh and if you're High in line. that if you're in that position, the linebacker's got to spill because you can't contain. And uh if you're in five, you know, the linebacker's inside out, but uh sometimes, as we mentioned, if, if Blaine was listening, sometimes our linebackers are not as good at, at going where they're supposed to do and taking a bad step. And, you know, we saw that against uh, Tennessee where our star or our nickel guy overplayed it and wasn't in the, in the gap and the guy made it. But uh, it's a fast-paced game and you got reads and everything. And uh, I think against a team like Alabama, we got to do maybe a little more movement with our front because these guys can get on you. So I could see some penetrating type of uh, defensive fronts by us to try to get on their side of the ball and disrupt their mesh points with, uh, because these little big old guys can get on you and, and uh, kind of like our guys do, you know, a big leverage and, and, you know, but by the time you got to the ball carry, he's got three or four yards. So I could see more what we called uh blood stunt where you come inside fast. You saw it. Against uh, LSU last year, when Carter did it on short yardage and made that play, oh, you know I, I think we can see some blood stunts where we stun inside and go out. Good question by Blaine. That makes a lot of sense, and I'll,
0: that's a good explanation there. Uh, is it the left tackle for Alabama freshman, Caden Proctor?
2: Proctor,
1: yeah, but he's gotten progressively better throughout the year.
2: You know, the thing about it, he's a highly recruited guy; he's played. All year long, he's had, you know, 12 games plus all that. So he, he's a good player. He is, but I'm just
0: thinking, you know, you've got uh, Ernest Green, left tackle, freshman. It's just amazing that the top two teams in the SEC and two of the best teams in the nation uh, have the most important position in the offensive line besides center. I know how big you are in center and quarterback exchange. Got two freshmen out there battling, and it's, it's, that's going to be fun to watch.
2: Here's, Actually, the thing you know. about, here's the thing about Ernest Green. His athleticism. I mean, I I know uh, Dane and uh, Brent do a good job, excuse me, job on the film, Don't Lie, showing the different things. But this guy's ability to run on the perimeter and and fit on people and knock them back, it's hard for a big guy, 320 plus, to go out there against a little guy who's, first of all, is going to try to dodge you. He's not going to take you on. But he's got the foot placement and the movement on top of his. and, And he misses some blocks like everybody does. But for the most part, Guys, really uh, outstanding talent, and uh, you know, I always loved when I could have a tackle that could pull on the perimeter, whether it be on screens or on the option. We used to have twenty-eight and twenty-nine as a freeze option, but if we could pull our tackle instead of uh, blocking him down and still read the guy, I mean, it's like stealing because if they if they took one step up the field, we handed the fullback and he ran for days. And if they closed, then we had our tackle and our halfback in the secondary. And uh, just some of the biggest plays we ever made was green 28 and 29. Those tackles love to pull. I mean, I mean Coach, that old, I try to block that corner, and I would that big old Chilardo five technique.
1: I mean, well, that, that particular was- thing, I think he he has potential to be as good as, as George has had at that since Andrew Thomas.
2: Exactly. And, uh, we, you know, I think people remember when the season started, we talked about Stacy, Searles, McGee, all those guys said he is a better run blocker, right? And I thought Jones was good, but he said he's a better run blocker right now than Jones. And he's got to get better. to be a pass. But, uh, you know, we, Jones playing up there for the Steelers.
0: I love it. Oh, that leads into this question from Darnell Howell. He says he's a Bama fan. Uh, look at his profile oh, picture.
2: He is absolutely well, he's infiltrating us.
0: Yeah, he says it's a very knowledgeable discussion. He says, I want your input on how Georgia may try to uh, contain our outside linebackers or contact our outside linebackers uh, 15 and 41, arguably two of the best in the count uh, country.
2: Do you really think I'm going to tell you that shit on, if you're an Alabama fan? <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. I, those two guys, Landon is really good. I mean, really good player. He, he plays hard. And forty-one too. Uh, I think you got to do some things to mix up your protections and not just one-on-one. Have some chips with your tight end and backs, and you you got to kind of show them some different looks where you uh, kind of take a step out and then come in to, to try to uh, you, you know influence them. But th- these guys are premier players to play for anybody in the country. Going to be really good, next level, and uh, it's a real concern in the game is controlling 15 for sure 41 does his plays too but uh he's definitely right but uh, uh are you any kind to nick I don't know how yeah it might be that could be a fake name gotta to, got to watch out for these guys hey but it's that, nice of him to to ask the question and i, I didn't
0: mean yeah, to be I had a sad. lot of alabama fans in here watching it uh i guess last thing coach uh your thoughts on uh, Fran Brown getting the Syracuse head coaching job. We haven't really discussed that.
2: So. Congratulations to Fran. I mean, that's a significant job to be able to go up in the Northeast and uh, have a chance to be a coach of the ACC team. Uh, he's done a really good job here. Good, good on the field coach and really good recruiter. And uh, John Wildhack, who's the AD, is the uh, used to be at ESPN when. He was my immediate superior when I was there as far as the guy would uh, be responsible for telling me what to do and everything. And uh, he called me about Fran early on. Uh, Sean McDonough did, too. And uh, uh, Fran got some good input from Kirby and everybody. But the thing about it is, you know, it's just another signature part of our program the fifth guy to be named the head coach in eight years of the guy being the coach here and everybody likes the Georgia blueprint they know that we know how to uh, train players recruit them uh, everything about it so uh, he's got a good background in the east and he certainly has helped us but I will tell you this I'm not near as worried about losing an assistant coach as I am the head coach because deep down he's the one that recruits them Who's your boss? That's what you're looking at. Mamas, daddies, high school coaches, who's the head coach? Because assistant coaches are going to come and go. Dan Lanning going to come and go. Uh, Mel Tucker, uh, eventually Schumann. I mean, uh, uh, Sam Pittman. But the head coach is, is, the, is the man. So uh, people wring their necks. What are we going to do? How are we going to replace these guys? Let me tell you something. Life goes on, and uh, as much as I'm happy for – Fran, I'm not too worried about what's going to happen because as long as Kirby's there, and you got the extra with Muschamp. And Boba. Uh, uh you, you saw this a couple years ago. A uh, uh, die left, and I don't know if it was because he was told to leave or what, but he went to a downtrodden Miami program that was starting over. And, uh, he, you know, he was the recruiter of the year based on the re- re- defensive backs and all that he supposedly signed. But they, they, hey, Kirby and Muschamp had much to do with those guys, and even uh, Del McGee. So it's it's not just the assistant coaches. You know, we got Coach Cooper here does a tremendous job. I'm talking about he love um, Coach Cooper on campus recruiter, and he relates to those kids, and he calls them up and everything. Doesn't get near enough credit for what he does. But and then uh, all our Gummy? all our ops people, Gumry, all these guys. So. Uh, the,
1: just, you know, Kirby's moving in a new house. I think he's going to be here for a little while. (laughs) I mean, when when you have the success Georgia has, these assistants are going to get opportunities, and Schumann will be one of those in the future. I think Todd Hartley could be one of those in the future. Dale McGee could get an opportunity in the future, and I think one of the smartest things that Kirby Smart has done is getting Will Muschamp and Mike Bobo, who have already done that track, and maybe they're at a place in their life they're happy being here for a little while. I think that sustains – that staff continuity right. that Georgia likes.
2: Right. Absolutely. You and know, uh, Grace Scott and Uribe, all these guys are fantastic coaches. Uh, Coach Mac, I mean, th- they do a good job, and they're experts in their field. And that's one of the things that I think that has had to happen for uh, Nick this year is Tommy Reese's uh, improvement as the coordinator there. And it goes hand-in-hand hand with the development of uh, – His quarterback, Milrow, but, you know, anytime you come in and you haven't been in a system like the same that Nick runs, and the one thing that they do, regardless of who the coordinator is, you know, Todd Munkin came in here and Kirby said, hey, you got carte blanche. You can call it the way you want to. Every formation, everything, we're going to change it, whatever you want to call it. But Nick, when you go there, Bill O'Brien, Lane Kiffin, whoever it is, they got to call the same way that uh nick calls it it's because nick wants to know he's not going to learn a new system i mean he just tells you that's the way it is so tommy is evolved in that and and people say well hey it plays a play let me tell you something if you if you say split right over 42 bob and then you say trips right uh 32 angle those are the same plays but the different way to handle it you know what i mean so you got to learn that in your brain and it's tough it's it's hard to do
0: and the thing was Kirby having five former assistants who were head coaches in eight years, when, you know, the Fran Brown was announced, I can't imagine how many people started calling Kirby's phone, texting him, you know, saying, Hey, let me get in on that staff. Oh, I've never coached uh, the secondary before, but I can learn because being on that staff and learning how Kirby does, I mean, that's why Mike Bobo said he came out. He said, I wanted to learn, I, you know, I've coached all over, but I wanted to be into this tree. So I thought it was a, uh,
2: I'm not worried yeah, about really, Kirby losing the assistant good coach. Point. And, uh, they got them stacked up like club sandwiches. People want to come in here and coach. And let me tell you Hell, what. Hell, analyst. The analyst he has over there. Let me, this, let me tell you this, though. You can talk about being a recruiter all you want. But if you can't get on the board and X and O with Kirby Smart, say night, Gracie. You, I don't give a shit. How good, excuse me, I don't care how good a, receiver, <laughs> I mean, a recruiter you are. You got no chance. Because you That's better amazing. be able to talk ball. Special teams, you better be able to talk ball because he's going to put you through the ringer. I mean, uh, and there's some guys that come in here and thought, hey, they got a great expertise and all that. And they came in here and interviewed in Georgia. They went with their heads between their tail when it was over with. So it's not – and Nick does the same thing. I mean – It's humbling. They put the whole staff there. And you're up there in front of everybody. I'm not talking about just the defense. You're up in front of the whole staff, and these guys are checking you out because they want to see how you handle the pressure. Because if you can't handle the pressure of an interview on the grease board up there and showing stuff, you you know you're not going to be able to handle the day to day with Kirby bearing down on you. I mean, he, all he does is want you to do your best. But and one thing he'll do, he'll bring the film in of your of what you or look your team. Played and he'll say, Okay, explain to me why he played this coverage. What are you teaching this guy on the boundary? What's this guy doing? Where's his alignment on the hash? Why is he li- lined up here on this coverage instead of here? And all that. You better have some good film to bring with you, too, because you got no chance. Oh, my God. I'm nervous just hearing about it. <laughs> I need it. I need, I, need a I, would say, I would say, like that Ivory commercial 99 and 44%. He's got the next guy. Yeah, would, would not shock me.
0: Hi, folks. Uh, we will be back next week uh, talking about the Georgia-Alabama game and looking ahead to uh, uh, the, how the uh, rankings are going to uh, play out that evening. We'll be back next Tuesday at noon. Uh should Not be, be uh, ranked on Sunday, Coach. Oh, I forgot it's on Sunday.
2: I thought Come still on, on answer the phone. If you're going to be on this show, you got to be the man. So. <laughs> you got me all worked out on my damn whiteboard thing. I'm thinking about uh, – <laughs> No, you know, I just to, I, Technique. I will say this for our readers and listeners and all. Fran Brown got the job, and the first person to tell everybody was Roddy Nabolsky, like he always does. So congratulations to you, Roddy, on breaking thank that. Thank you, Coach.
0: I appreciate that. See, I can do my job sometimes, just not when you're staring – not when you got me on the damn whiteboard. I get, I, I, I nut up. Hi, right, folks, t- tune in next uh, week. We'll be talking a lot of Georgia football. We'll be previewing where the dog is going to go, and uh, uh, we'll be answering your questions. So hit us up then. We'll see you later. Take care.